0: Hello and welcome back to D1 Rejects. Just me in the studio tonight, Kobe Manzo, your host. We've got a slightly shorter episode for you tonight, but I promise it's still going to be a good one. This is episode 103, recording this on June 15th. We've got Drew Burton joining the show tonight, or Brew Durton, depending on which Twitter personality you follow. Um, But either way, he is the offensive line coach and run game coordinator at Northwood University in the GMAC Division 2, and... Great conversation with him, all things about his new spot after coaching at the high school level for a year before uh, being back in the GLIAC, and um, also a lot on the transfer portal and recruiting, and uh, his open and honesty, his is recruiting ways, and all about social media. Great talk with him, a lot of uh, good moments, funny dude, loved having him on, back on. He was back on in 2021 the first time around, so a little bit of a D1R reunion today, but otherwise, the newest wave of recruiting in college football, not what you think, might be boat rides. Funny enough, we posted, if you follow us on Twitter at D1 underscore rejects or on Instagram at division one rejects, you saw the post that we made about UW Oshkosh, the division three program in Wisconsin, who actually takes their players out on pontoon boats, which is a very funny conversation we'll be having later, but also a couple big D1 schools that take that to the next level. So stick around for that conversation. And finally, there's a new $340 million college football stadium that just got approved, that is being constructed. So stick around to hear who is getting that deal, because that is ridiculous amount of money. So that's really it for today's episode, though. We're going to get into this conversation here shortly, but uh, I appreciate all of you for listening. I really do. We are continuing to announce our first wave of Division I Rejects athletes. The D1R athletes program is up and running, and... You know what? It's been pretty exciting. I'm super pumped about it. We've got more on deck. I've just got them loaded up on my phone. Like You should see my tweet drafts Like are just loaded with all these guys. We're about to get uh, pumped out here on our socials that we're partnering with. Uh, big, big-ass order of T-shirts coming in for those guys, too, and all types of other gear for them. So We're going to take care of those guys, for sure. Um, you know it. But as always, you can watch this episode on YouTube. If you are, don't forget about the timestamps. Bottom of the screen, you can fast-forward to any part of... Of that conversation, that sounds remotely interesting. Otherwise, listen pretty much anywhere. Apple Pod- Apple Podcasts, English is Hard, Spotify, you name it. Follow us on the socials. But more importantly, just keep the headphones in. Keep listening. Let's get to that conversation with Drew Burton. Joining the show tonight, a man who has had, I mean, he said it himself before we got on here, some big life updates since his last appearance on the show back in January of 2021. He's now the O-line coach and run game coordinator at Northwood University. It's Coach Drew Burton. What's going on, Coach?
1: I feel like I'm like I'm at home right now. This is where I, belong, <laughs> yeah, I love, I love that. V. This is where, uh, and as soon as we can like get done with the pleasantries and all those things, and, and get immediately to talking about Drew Carpenter, that's that's what i my main aim. Of,
0: Hell yeah! Is so. You know th- I will say I love I love the at home comment, but man, nothing is more at home than a couple of clowns sitting in the basement on the couch, which was the last episode. Um, and we didn't get a visual last time around. It was just like, did it feel like you were calling into like a radio show or something? I mean, what was the, I've never really been on the other side of that.
1: Uh, you do an amazing job just like making people feel comfortable feeling at home, but it did feel a little bit like that. Like Thank I was you. calling into yeah. a radio show that I wanted to listen to and be a part of. I so love it.
0: Yeah. That's of- like, like you're going to call in like 97 One or something, something crazy like that. That's funny. But, uh, you know. Are we joined, to lead it off, are we joined by uh, Drew Burton tonight or is Brew Durton going to be making any appearances on this segment of the podcast? Or is that yet to be determined?
1: Animal farm type deal. Nobody can quite tell where one <laughs> begins and the other ends.
0: Tell, I mean, I would assume a decent amount of people. I'm starting to think we have some people that listen from all over. What can you say about your uh, your Twitter alter ego there? And by the way, first of all, Props, I feel like you're one of the guys I see most often, just like the consistency in your posting and shouting out players and just putting the whatever program you're currently representing on the map. Like That's not something that you've just started doing. You've been on that. So first of all, kudos to you on that point. I think you're one of the best that I've seen. But also, what could you tell us about your uh, your Twitter alter ego?
1: Well, to answer your first question, I appreciate it. And I think the guys that are in it for the right reasons, and we have a ton of them at Northwood right now, it's about the players, man. It's about the players and it's about the program and, and trying to create something that's bigger and greater than yourself. And um, so I appreciate your, your kudos. But, oh, yeah. yeah, so there was – there's been a shift. Obviously, we can't name names, but certainly uh, there was a passing of the torch, so to speak. I think I have to air quote it um, in <laughs> terms of, uh, you know, Brew will never die, only – the actors who portray him were the people that run the, that particular Twitter account. So Hell yeah. Um, one of my former players had run it and, and passed it down to one of the guys that's at Northwood. Now, maybe, maybe that's what happened. Maybe it's not maybe, what happened, but,
0: Yeah. Unconfirmed. Um, Just uh speculation.
1: <laughs> current brew is not as good as spelling. Um, hasn't been super present. Haven't heard a lot from him here these last yeah. couple of months. So or right. who knows really who it is even, you know what I mean? It's kind of, um, you know, Wayne Manor is in Gotham kind of thing. So we don't really know who's where and what's what. <laughs> um, but,
0: I uh, love that. Yeah, I love that. That's, I'm glad that we got that good. out of the way. Most pressing issue first. Now we can go to the the softball questions, right? But on the on the note of social media, obviously, you know, you've been around the game. You've been around the sport a long time. Now more than ever, that plays a huge role in coaching, especially at this level. You can't just coach. I mean, you know, texting kids and being in person for everything is just not feasible right you need to have a presence on social media that's where kids are finding coaches i think a huge percent of the time i know for myself personally that was it twitter dms and all these different ways of connecting with kids how has that changed since you started and like i said from an outsider's perspective you know i'm not around you every day i feel like you certainly have a great presence on that app does that feel like something that you've excelled at throughout your career
1: well, I think your, your desire to want to make your program better um, is that's, you know, who you are as a recruiter and what you are as a recruiter. And I think finding the platforms where kids are and making sure that you're connecting with them and the things that you want to advertise about your program. You're making sure and, and voicing those things in places where they can hear what you're saying, and and I think there's been so many instances just in just in the last six months. We signed an entire class, and now we're trying to bring in a handful of transfers and trying to make oh, yeah. the program better. Um, there's there's so many instances where we got to the end of the recruiting process with this kid or that kid, and I just I, a couple different times. One was a high school kid that we signed in February, and another was a, a transfer that we just uh, got a commitment from here recently. I just remember saying, like, hey, here's you know, X, Y, and Z about Northwood. Like, did you know any of those things? In both instances, the kids were like, Honestly, coach, I didn't know that. So I think at the end of the day, it's about making sure that the information the kids need to make good decisions is getting conveyed effectively and clearly and in, in places where kids are gonna see them. Um, so you know, we're on Twitter obviously, and, and while I was a high school coach, I really had to dive into Instagram because kids aren't, you know, unless you're getting recruited to go to you know, play college football, man, kids are not on Twitter. Twitter. Totally. Not- Yep. Everybody's ran. So I had to kind of dive into that. So,
0: yeah, that's a different dynamic. You said go where the kids are, right? Connect with them. Are we going to get a TikTok account up and running here, or is that uh, that's still in the making?
1: We're getting. So I have a wife and a daughter that are heavy into the. They're like, my wife's a dance coach in Alamo, and now I'm one of my daughter's a dancer. And so there's a lot of like family pressure coming. Okay. Too. She's going to coach um, you up. And I'm a fantastic dancer. So. <laughs> Just to be clear, uh, but TikTok is, so that's something that you can definitely see. Wouldn't be surprised if you okay. saw it, saying like right.
0: that. Hey, you know what? I'll be the first, I'll be the first, like the first retweet from the, from the D1R channel. I would, I would love that. But um, you kind of, you kind of got at you it. Your time, your time away from the college game. When we last had you on, you are at Saginaw Valley. You took a year to go down to the high school level, head coach over at, uh, at Flint Powers. And now you've made your way back to the D2 side of things. Talk about that experience going down to the high school level. What uh, was it? What you expected? What were some of the, some of the kind of the things that uh, took you off guard potentially being down at that level, um, and just you know your experience in general.
1: Sure, and it was one of those deals where things were going really well at SVSU. Obviously, we felt like we had probably our best team in, in 22. And uh, old Saginaw Valley State uh, athletic director is now the athletic director of Flint Powers, and okay, he called and. Um, you know, that was he had he knew, you know, the guy that originally hired me, Coach Collins. He had he had hired him at Saginaw. And so he knew a bunch of other people that I had kind of crossed paths with during in coaching. And so that thing was kind of over when when the phone rang, you know what I mean? Oh yeah, I hear you. Easy to easy to go down. They're great people. Um, and so we didn't move. So I actually I was I was driving down there from Freeland, it was about like 56 miles uh, each way. So um, you know, just a lot of family things and, and being kind of that far from home all the time was a little bit of a strain and some other family things cropped up. And, and then, you know, ultimately it was Coach Buer got the Northwood job and he's a, a good friend, has been for a long time. We compete against each other. He was at Albany and I was at Alma and had a ton of respect for him. And I think, you know, the thing I would tell you about about Coach B is, and, and the Grand Valley guys know this, right? Like I played at Grand Valley during the time when we were really good. And so everybody's really overly critical at places where you've been historically really successful, right? And coach, you look back at Albion, you know, 50 years, I mean, they're winning a championship like every three or four years. So um, to go to a place where you've been really successful and then raise the level of that place, you know, to where they were three points away from winning the third consecutive championship at Albion this past year, um, is there, there's something to be said for that. And Absolutely. as we got talking about it and, and got, got involved there, I never had any intention of going down to powers Catholic and then leaving out eight months. And ultimately that's what ended up happening. I think I went down there because I thought it was the best thing for my family and went to, you know, decided to come to Northwood because I thought that was the best thing for my family. So, uh, you gotta always think about those, you know, those folks first, you know, whenever you make these types of decisions. Yeah. Um, so, but it's it's been awesome. And the people that I'm with are outstanding. The kids are great. And obviously we're we're at a place where um I always tell people this story. When I was a senior at Grand Valley, um, you know, we played Northwood week ten of the season and you know, it was two undefeated teams and number one versus number five or six or something like that. And so there's there's such a tradition of excellence at Northwood. And obviously, Coach Reedman, you could go on and on through the years of uh, you know, folks who were involved in woodbone and some of those things that they've had here at Northwood. So there's there's tons of tradition, and so
0: I love um, it. Let's... Yeah, and that's the, I know it's been an emphasis for you know Coach beer to bring that back, right? You talk about his level of excellence and the standard at Albion, and even going into that place that had an established standard and raising that bar even more it comes over to Northwood. You know, the goal is the same. Northwood, not at the same position as a program like Albion, albeit same level. That's a guy too that you know we had him on way back in the days of. No video. We need to get uh, Coach B back on, on this show. I definitely will try to make that happen. But let's talk about the squad you guys are building down there in a very similar position to us up here at Northern in that a whole new coaching staff hitting the portal pretty heavy to fill some spots because it's just a need based, correct? I mean, that's not something that, as much as you'd like to cultivate high school talent, these guys aren't going to come in the fall and be playmakers and be difference makers right away. The majority of them. You will have outliers, obviously. But, you know, big time pickup this week for you guys Jake Barledge from Nevada, the quarterback coming down there i know that's that's got to be a pretty exciting moment for you guys um my guy calbert has been i think the number one for you guys moving forward but obviously you can never have too many quarterbacks
1: yeah you know, i think at the best places i've been we're always trying to cultivate competition and so yeah. um some of the guys that we brought in or received commitments from you know over the course of the summer um and obviously i don't Uh, Forgive me, man. I'm not 100% sure exactly what I'm allowed to say and not say about guys that haven't necessarily got here yet. So, Um, but I think anytime you get into a new situation, you want to create more competitions, a really important position. Obviously, quarterback is one of those. So, um, you know, and and there are some some areas of our team where we were really pleased as to how far ahead we were over the course of spring and other places where we certainly need to get better. But um, I think we're you know the coaching staff and, and a lot of those core guys that are have been a part of this thing and are trying to make it better are pretty fired up about what we have rolling through the door in august hell yeah and uh we'll tell you for sure in six months i
0: was so, gonna say yeah i don't need you to get i do not need to be at the front of any recruiting scandal with having you misspeak on anything so don't let me be the guy that uh takes the fall for that but still very notable um i can talk about it you don't have to i'm i'm allowed to talk about it all i want but uh You know, my next thing for you was you have this existing core at Northwood, again, very similar to us, the guys who have weathered the storm, so to say, and now you're bringing in this brand new group. You're meshing this existing core that has dealt with the old coaching staff, and now you have coaches like Coach Bureau bringing in guys from their previous schools and other coaches doing the same, and then you're bringing in these transfer portal kids, and football by nature is a melting pot of a sport, right? You have all these kids from different backgrounds that come together and play on the same team, but in this situation specifically, how do you manage that? How do you end up meshing and trying to really encourage that gelling of the teammates, both, you know, on and off the field?
1: Well, I think obviously having the leadership that we have is, is something that makes me feel really good about how it's all going to mesh together. And I think, Guys that want to compete, love it. And guys that, guys that want to be great and want to win championships and do all the things that you want to do are going are to appreciate and embrace all those challenges coming in terms of bringing a bunch of new guys in because we're constantly as a, as a coaching staff trying to bring the best players and the best coaches and, and making sure that we have the most competitive elite environment that we can. Um, so I think the thing I would tell you about Coach Bewer is he's a, he's a guy that has a ton of confidence in who he is and what he is and what he stands for. So I think there's there's not a whole ton of movement. You know, I've been in situations before where, you know, we treat this guy one way, we treat this guy another way and that type of thing. That that hasn't been the case uh, in Northwood. And I've been super impressed with Coach B and, and how he operates in that way. That there is, like Coach talks about the Northwood way, um, in terms of there's, there's one way we're going to do things. And that's the right way. And that's, you know, the, the way that we espouse and the way that we, Kind of are, are going to outline as, as we start this process and we'll do it the same way with the freshmen and with the transfers and um, I think obviously we're you know we have some kids that are committed to coming here that have already came on campus uh, that have played for him in the past and obviously as many of those guys as we're able to get um, is is huge because people that understand his standard and how he operates and how he does things uh, you know are, are, are going to help the rest of our guys um, get to where they need to be but I think that's been the biggest thing is it starts at the top and it starts with consistency and it starts, uh, you know, with doing all the things you say you're going to do, even when it's kind of difficult to do them. And I've, I've been just so fired up and impressed with coach B and how he operates in those ways. And I think the kids are latching onto that. The kids are fired up about where we're going and what yeah. we're doing and just and how things are unfolding uh, with obviously a long way to go. So.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. I think like you said, that standard, right? The thing that everyone has to adhere to, like that is something that, you know, now these kids all have shared experiences, whether that just be going through summer workouts, whether it be, um, you know, fall camp, and you finally get there, and this group is together, and they're all going through that together, like, on some, remember the Titans type of shit like that, like that, you know what I mean, that's that feeling of, of going together, that shared experience with those people is awesome, but on the same token, on the same side of that, that shared standard is something that, like you said, I believe does unite people a lot, because if, and I, again, You're not recruiting me, or I don't know what your your recruiting pitch is, but I would assume you're very upfront in the fact of, hey, this is what you can expect from us, right? X, Y, and Z. And I would assume that's the way you go about it. And if kids are going to make it through that recruiting process, like you said, putting your best foot forward on social media, knowing what they're getting themselves into, at the end of the day, when you finally get these kids to verbally commit, to sign, then you've got a bunch of kids who are already bought in. And so that gelling, I think, almost... I don't want to speak for you, but almost kind of does, you know, works for itself there in that recruiting process.
1: There's no doubt. And I think a lot of people, you know, every parent, every family, and every kid on some level or another um, is going to ask you about like the transfer portal and how we use it and some of those types of yep. things. And I-, I guess my, I left that one out for today, good.
0: by the way, that was too much of a softball. I couldn't throw that in here. <laughs> how are you guys mean. addressing the transfer portal? I would have, I'm not, I'm oh not a Transfer
1: portal. What? Yeah, yeah. Transfer portal? not today.
0: I'm not, I'm not um, stooping that low quite yet good for you yeah good for you I'm trying so I, I have like to do just a little good. bit of integrity like I'm <laughs> but not to interrupt you just to stay on your just stay on your point the the standard and and kind of that recruiting that recruiting process getting the guys you want
1: yeah I think my favorite thing about some of these processes is again we had a couple guys that joined us that semester right that had you know coach coach b had coach those guys for you know, I think three and four years are the two guys that came. And so like you have guys that have spent three and four years with this coach and then are really fired up to go spend more time with them. I thought, you know, speaks volumes about oh, them. Yeah. I like the transfer board, to be honest with you, just because I think it forces coaches to be exactly who you say you're going to be and do exactly what you say you're going to do, right? So... I think for years, you know, coaches can say one thing to you and then they get you there and, and and then it's different. And then guys kind of felt like they had no recourse. Uh, I think it forces coaches to tell the truth in recruiting. So we're really transparent, right? We're really, I think a lot of people and, and parents and, and folks, that whether it was at Elmer or Saginaw or, um, you know, obviously we haven't we haven't gone very far into our journey at Northwood, but a lot of those people have said, "Man, this is this is what you told me it was going to be." You know, you're what you told me you were going to be that type of thing, and I think that that creates stronger bonds over time. And over you know three or four or five years, like what do those guys say about you? Because there's a lot of guys out there that can be outstanding recruiters and do a great job getting you through the door, uh, but you're not going to work as hard if you feel like you were sold you know a bill of goods when you were originally recruited and things like that. So I think. Um, obviously, I'm, I'm really proud of. We had a couple guys that are recruited and coached at SVSU. that got a chance to portal up to higher levels, and one of those guys is at Iowa now. And one of those guys is at uh, is at UMass now. Big I'm time, really proud yeah. Something I tell all kinds of kids about Northwood's really unique in that um because it's such a kind of specific business curriculum a lot of guys can very easily graduate in four years and and move on we still you know want to develop guys and we want to keep guys as long as we can and things like that i think um if, if we recruit a bunch of really good offensive linemen with i think we have an outstanding chance to do that are going to develop themselves to the point that they become division one guys and they can get their degree and move up that's something i openly talk to guys about i say yeah. hey, listen like Obviously, we'd love guys to stay for their fifth year, or their sixth year if they get hurt or those types of things. But ultimately, we're bringing you to a place so that you can have a better opportunity than the one that you would have got had you not come here had you gone someplace else. And, um, you know, if guys get a chance to move up, and I know you've interviewed a bunch of guys on the show here in the last little bit that have had those opportunities. Man, that's a fantastic opportunity. Some of those guys are able to, you know, set some money aside and, and create something for yourself, whether they go to the NFL or not. And totally. so. Um, I think, you know, sometimes if, if you can be really refreshing to kids, to families, if you tell them the truth, you know, and, and I think we've always, I've always felt like that was the best way to go. Coach B has always felt like that was the best way to go. And that's why you have so many folks that he's been around for a long time that want to continue to be around him as long as they can. And I think that ends up being one of the best selling points for our program. Um, in, in and, you know, unfortunately, a day and age when co- college football coaches a lot of times could get lumped in with, you know, I mean, used car salesmen and and other types of folks that there are a bunch of us out there that want the best thing for kids and want to see them succeed and want to see them develop a process they can take into every arena of their life and, uh, and, you know, excel and exceed um as you know citizens and husbands and fathers and employees and all those different areas where we want guys to have success and uh keeping the main thing the main thing i think is why you know i've been fortunate enough to have success in the past and why i think we at northwood will have success in the future so
0: hell yeah man that was that was good stuff that was really powerful stuff i like that and it's you know there's still good guys around right like that's the that's the one point that like obviously stands out. We touched on some really good stuff there. Like, you know, if a guy does develop to that point where he is a D1 prospect, like you're open to having that conversation. Connor Neer, the guy we had on the last episode, talked at length about his relationship with Tony Anise and the conversations that they had, the open channels of communication because he was very upfront with what his goals were and again, a guy who was there for 4 years, got his degree and now is moving on with 2 years eligibility as a graduate transfer. And I think that example really, you know, has gone through all the layers of college football and is a great example of what a coach should want to see, right, from the guys that are ultimately, what's the, what's the word, like overperforming in a sense. They really are from where they came out of high school. They're overperforming, and they've earned themselves that stock at the next level. But another great point you touched on that I wanted to double back on was that accountability for coaches, and that's something I actually have not heard a lot of, so that was refreshing to hear that, especially from someone in your situation. It's one thing if a putz like me comes on here and says it, but it's another if – you know, you've got the you've got the timber wolf on your chest and you say it. You know what I mean? But it's a great point. Yeah, it's a great point. Like, these coaches really have to not only say it but be about it because if these kids do get there and they were sold the can of worms and they don't know it yet until they get on campus and they open it up, these guys don't want to compost. They want to get the hell out. And uh, the coaches are certainly going to pay for that. So um, I, I guess to follow up off that, what has your experience been like you kind of already touched on it. Like these kids saying that, Hey, you guys are genuine. Does it seem like they're almost surprised at the fact that they get there and it's similar to what they were told or what's the, what's the case?
1: I don't I mean, like, it's one of those things that I think the better recruiter you are, you know, a lot of times the more apt people are to say like, well, I don't know if you know how genuine this person is or that type of thing. And I don't know, you know, I don't have a, like, we haven't – there's no Yelp, like, for coaches, right? Now. How genuine
0: do you think he was? Is that's that, what we like need. Kind of... Oh, my gosh. That is – um, that could go – that could go places. Yeah, I might yeah, not upload time, this episode every... for a while just so I can get, like, a <laughs> patent on that idea. I'll I'll we'll cut you in, like – I'll cut you in 50. I'll, we go partnership on it. Okay. That's a pretty good I'll, idea, though. I like that. You.
1: That's great. <laughs> We'll take it. As long as it doesn't violate any NCAA rules. Okay. yeah.
0: We'll go through um, compliance, but, uh, that's a good, that is a really good call. <laughs> I like that.
1: But it, th- like, that's a hard thing, right? Like everyone assumes like, you know, there's no way like Drew Carpenter is like too attractive. There's no way he's telling me the truth. Right. Or yeah, you know, whatever. Absolutely not. Of thing, you know what I mean? There's no way. He's just, you know, he's, he's just too bronzed. It's just too, <laughs> too godlike, Right. But and so I think like, it's one of those things that you have to, you know, I, I think convincing people in this day and age that you're that you're telling the truth is is harder than it's ever been, you know what I mean? Because it's, it's you know, and, and maybe it just seems like that because I've been doing this for a little bit, you know but I, I think your track record goes such a long way. And I've talked to so many people about this in the last couple of months but especially in this state, like think about, and and i've told a bunch of people the same thing um that you it's really hard to have a success in the state of michigan unless you're like the uber you know highest levels yeah um you know unless you have a track record with the coaches in the state right and coach coach b's got such a fantastic track record you know in the state i can i think about the people the coaches that have reached out to me in the last few months right since you know it, it came out that um, I was going to go to Northwood and, and you know leave the job I had and things like that. Coach B was going to leave Albion and he was going to go to Northwood and things. I've had so many coaches reach out to me and say, this is such a phenomenal thing. You guys are going to kill it. I love Coach B, that kind of thing. Uh, it reminds me of the feel in the state. And again, I'm older than you, right? Uh, when Coach Anise okay. went to Ferris because so many, he had so many great relationships with so many high school coaches in the state uh, that when he went to Ferris, they were getting a lot of guys that they hadn't been getting there. You know, and I worked with a bunch of guys, you know, there were Ferris guys at SVSU. And I said, man, you guys remember, they, they really struggled, you know, in the 2000s, when I was a GV, when I was in, in school and it's crazy to see what they have become, because I remember what it was in the 2000s and not a lot of those games were competitive, you know, for the, um, the anchor bone and things like that. So, totally. uh, but I mean, like it ultimately he gets all that, you know, traction with coaches because he's treated their kids the right way for 15 years at me. And so Uh, The longer you stay in the state and the more relationships you have with those guys, the more, you know, maybe a guy that you would say, wow, that guy looks like he should be going to maybe a team that won a few more games or whatever. And that that guy decides to come to Northwood. Uh, Those relationships end up being huge and that type of thing. I think we've already got plenty of those guys and a bunch of other coaches, you know, whether it be GLIAC schools or Max, schools, say, wow, I can't believe you got that guy. That's a dude, that type of thing. So um, I would point squarely to coach Bjor and some of the relationships he's had with the state is the primary reason as to why we're getting some of the kids that we're getting and why we're going to be successful in the future. But that's in yeah. Michigan, that is paramount. You cannot have success without those relationships and that history. So totally
0: bunch of dudes down there at Northwood. We're in a, we're in a Navy in the powder blue, but uh first year for you guys as a full staff and you know, don't get me wrong. It's no GLIAC, but the GMAC is no joke. Right. And, uh, Solid teams, top to bottom. I think the depth is definitely something that has improved over the last five, ten years or so, correct? I mean, I you, I think you agree with me on that one. But how no soon can we expect the Timberwolves to be in that conversation? Conference champions.
1: Well, this isn't I mean, this isn't a five you know, this isn't a five year plan, this is a five minute plan. Um oh, yeah. point the phrase. Um I remember Coach Kelly said that a long time ago. I'm trying to think where he went. But I mean, it's we're trying to do it immediately, if not sooner, you know. And so I think um the the formula is not something that just add water and wait blank years, two years, four years, five years, six years, and we're trying to be successful and, and compete immediately. So um love it. there's there's really good I mean, there's a lot of really good programs and obviously you have just we're, we have to spend more time in Ohio right now because because we do, because the whole league is in Ohio and yeah. things like that. And obviously uh, that's where the D2, you know, landscape is, um, you know, is is, is in Ohio. Um, but, it, it you know, in terms of who we play in our conference, but uh, that's that's our goal is to try to be successful as quickly as we possibly can and focusing on timelines and things like that isn't necessarily something we're spending a ton of our yeah.
0: time on. That's awesome. I saw a tweet today, too, from the... It was the Golden Knights owner, and he had called it. He said, playoffs in three, championship in six. And this was the sixth year since uh, the inception of the Golden Knights. It was pretty That was pretty badass. Like, call your shot. That far out in advance is pretty crazy.
1: Not, but, not easy to do.
0: No, it's not. I got one last thing for you, Coach. You ready for it?
1: Ready. Prepared.
0: Would you rather be punched by a pale guy or a tan guy? And why?
1: I think, like... If you get punched by a tan guy, that there's a chance that that guy's Drew Carpenter, and so anytime you get to be around Drew Carpenter, you're gonna you're gonna choose that. I don't think there's any question. So,
0: no hesitation. Brutal. Brutal. Okay,
1: real quick. Sorry, I don't want to like. This is you gotta like. Um, our defensive coordinator and his wife just had uh, just gave birth to their little baby girl, Summerlin.
0: Like just okay. now. <laughs>
1: Just happened like to, like earlier this morning, so I want to give a shout out to Coach Sweeney. Shout His out Coach Sweeney, hand. man! It's amazing. He's like one. He's such an up and comer in the coaching profession. That's and, awesome. Um, so we're gonna like just kind of wolf hope that uh, summer looks like uh, Coach Sweeney's wife, and not like S- Coach Sweeney, but obviously yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he
0: you shouted him out, out and then you got to dig on him in the same. We have to do both. We have that's there. admirable. That's yeah. admirable. I love it.
1: How it goes, um, <laughs> but want to make sure. And,
0: and it's a different kind I'm of breaking this. news here on the podcast. But I'm here for it. I'm absolutely here for it. Different kind of
1: breaking news. Yes. So. Shout
0: out, Coach Sweeney, and uh, Coach. That, that's all. I can't. I had to finish on that question. The pale guy, tan guy. The the you know mind boggling debate's been going on for centuries. But thank you so much, seriously, for being on, coming on tonight. It's been great.
1: Appreciate it. Always a blast. Always a pleasure. Thanks for having
0: me. Of course. See you, Coach. Appreciate Coach Burton coming on here. Had a great time with him. He is just—he's a character, man. He is absolutely a character. How about a little bit of breaking news at the end of that one too? I love that. Um, really exciting moment there for—or uh, I guess today, as yesterday—as you're listening to this for Coach Sweeney and his young family. So shout out to those guys because that is an awesome moment. But uh, we will switch gears here and talk some more recruiting. We talked a lot about it with Coach Burton. We're going to talk about it in a little bit of a different sense here. The newest college recruiting fab, maybe not the newest, but one that has certainly been circulating. Not what you think. Boat rides, and if you saw our post here, I'll pull it up. But that's something that we've talked a little bit about. Is a tool being used for recruiting. This is the article that we tweeted. Shout out Football Scoop um, for this article, and this is all about University of Wisconsin Oshkosh, a Division three team in the WIAC uh, in Wisconsin. Very good Division three team, if I will say. That's probably the best conference in the country, but. What they're doing with these athletes, they don't have a full-time photo studio or media directors and all the flashy lights and things for a photo shoot, uh, but what are they trying to do to cultivate the experience for these athletes, right? You think about most Division three guys probably not going to have the most flashy visits, but this, this is something that's unique and I think could come off as corny. I personally, I love it. I think it's unique. I think it separates them from the pack. And it's certainly them a lot of pubs, so it's it's definitely working. So this is their head coach, and you'll see they're out in the water. That's Lake Winnebago, which is the biggest lake in Wisconsin, I believe. And they're taking these guys out on a pontoon boat. This isn't some yacht, no luxury cruise line. It is a pontoon, and it's just absolutely hilarious to me. Here's a couple shots we can take a look at. And they take these guys out. They do a photo shoot out on the water. They got the uniform, the helmet on. I think their little prop of choice is the sledgehammer. So we'll go through a couple of these shots here. Like I said, um, you know, might come off as a little bit corny. I think it's awesome. And I think it's a way of, like, imagine going on your recruiting visit. You get to kick it on a pontoon boat with your head coach and all the guys that are going to be coaching you. How much more genuine and real does it get than that? That, In my opinion, I love it. I think it's hilarious. Um, And these guys look comfortable. They look like they're having a good time. This might just be all coaches. I'm not sure if Buddy on the left here has got a bruise key in his hand or if that's a Diet Coke. We're going to err on the side of the Diet Coke. Um, but, by the way, pontoon is ripping right there. Pontoon is not – this is not a no-wake zone. This guy is flying. But uh, here's, like, kind of, you know, the shots. Again, the pictures are nothing crazy but that's not what this experience is about. Like these pictures it's not about getting some professional pictures. It's about these kids having a good time enjoying their visit and again, I'm not I said it on our Instagram post when I posted this. I am not turning down a free boat ride. Like especially a pontoon. Come on. Midwest summer on a pontoon boat, like it really doesn't get a whole lot better than that in my opinion. So that's kind of my my piece on that. So I didn't want to spend too much time on that because I did already bring some attention to it on our socials, but thought I would uh, thought I would bring that up to you guys. Some stats on the Wyac: they saw seventy five percent of their teams finish the twenty twenty two season five hundred or better. Their top two teams made the NCAA Division three playoffs. Peter Jennings is the head coach. Um, excuse me, allergies are sneaking up on me. Uh, they cracked the top twenty five this year. The Titans. And uh, just missed out on playoff contention by two games. But, you know, he says here, quote, Every, as everybody does, we're trying to find a leg up in recruiting. It's leveling the playing field. Our league, the WIAC, there's never been as much parity as there is now. We're just trying to sort out how we can maybe get ahead of some of these other programs, not just the best of the best, but also upcoming programs. How do we get back to the top? That comes back to recruiting. He talked a lot about, you know, like I said, this is just a unique experience for these kids. It's something they're probably not going to forget. And um, I'm here for it. But... On the other side of things, I wanted to look at what are big schools doing with these boat rides, right? Like, what is uh, Tennessee doing with that same idea, with perhaps just a little bit more funding, a little bit more in the budget? The answer is right here. This is a little bit different than the boat, and this is what the Tennessee recruits are going out on. And I mean, this video should kind of do it justice here because this thing is absurd. The video is a little bit much, but you can tell, like, like I said, this guy kind of blows it out of the water here a little bit. And I want to pause on that frame. This is the volunteer princess. You can see it in the top left there, of the video volunteer, obviously being associated with Tennessee uh, with UT. And I mean, look at this guy. This is a double decker. This is like a premium yacht looking thing. You've got a dining room inside. You've got all these like private rooms and, um, just overall sick ride right down the river, right at sunset. And this is what, uh, this is what the athletes at UT on their official are getting into, man. Now imagine the one thing UW Oshkosh has on these guys. That is a pretty frame right there. That is beautiful. Oh my gosh. But I don't think they're getting photo shoots on the boat. They probably get the crazy photo shoots, uh, Back on campus, though, we can fast-forward here through this. But there is the look at, like, a little bit of the the dining room inside. I know this is usually used for big business uh, parties and things of that nature, social events. And then out of nowhere, the Tennessee football team will just go ahead and rent the whole thing out. I think there is a little clip of the upper deck here that I wanted to show. Yeah, check that out. Little bar area on the upper deck. Absolutely, bud. Enough of your chit-chat. Let's see it. There it is. Again, Probably not cracking open a couple cold ones on the official recruiting visit. Maybe they are. NIL is a crazy thing. I doubt it. Um, But pretty sweet, uh, nonetheless, for Tennessee to be doing all of this. I think that's – I think it's pretty badass. Um, But I can read a little bit more kind of about the situation here. The Volunteer Princess is a luxury yacht that usually, like I said, hosts dinner cruises on the Tennessee River on game weekends – The previous staff would close recruits' visits with a Sunday afternoon ride. And oh my gosh, so sweet. They've got multiple screens with gaming consoles to face off against each other in Madden on the boat. Jump onto the boat and load up your franchise team. That is hilarious. Really funny too, I guess this is a, an opener on their visit, it sounds like. So as soon as you get to campus, um, obviously you have your you meet, meet up with the coaches and everything. But then all the guys who are on that official and their families, they all, you know, meander out into the boat, gives them a little bit of a chance to socialize, sure so there's food and drinks out there. Um, so sweet, man. I could not imagine getting take it out on a yacht. And then what's the first quote from one of these kids? "I'd like to go jet skiing on the river." Shut the hell up, you are on a yacht. You don't need to go jet ski <laughs> this is This is not enough for you. That's ridiculous, but that's what Tennessee does. There is another school that I wanted to really highlight actually that does incorporate the boating element a lot into their fandom. That is the Sailgaters over at Baylor. Take a look at this video before just a couple shots of campus here. We'll get to the meat of it in just a second, and you are going to understand what I mean when I say Sailgate. There's their stadium, first of all. Awesome stadium. You can see the tailgaters, the left side of the stadium there, and there's almost this U-shaped river that wraps around it with a big old bridge right into the heart of the stadium. I'd actually not seen this before today. I I don't know why. I just never really looked into Baylor Stadium. Uh, Crucify me. I don't know what to tell you. But pretty sweet setup, pretty badass setup. And you'll see right there, oh my gosh, that is beautiful. There's this long bridge that kind of just goes over this river almost right to the heart of the stadium, and that side of the stadium is opened up so the people walking over can see directly into the stadium. They're not blocked. with Probably, that's got to be one of the biggest video boards in sports. Good Lord. you can see the boats right there kind of coming around. And so they call it sea gating or something along the sail gating sorry not sea gating I blanked on it the sail gating as opposed to tail gating I'm a dumbass I don't know why I said sea gating but there you go you got all these boats just anchored up right there next to the lawn and then there's a couple different marinas where these guys all hang out that is a crowd on the top there. this is not a rendering I promise this is real Baylor is about it there's the overhead shot oh my gosh but just an element of college football I honestly had never really explored before this is like uh, the Marlins games where they have those kayakers and stuff outside the, outside the fence, outside the stadium. So when you hit a home run, they go and pick up the ball out of the water. I don't know if they're scooping any punts out of, uh, whatever river this is a couple speed boats out there. People, they're just watching all the boats, but this is electric. This scene is so sweet. Imagine this man, <laughs> this is, you know, this is pretty good, but I will say back on the note of the Tennessee piece That was the river. The Tennessee River is the one that Pat McAfee jumped to. I'm sure a lot of you remember that one on college game day, that he jumped right into the Tennessee River, which was pretty sick. But, I mean, imagine this. You get out there, a couple hours before kickoff, crack open a couple drinks, out on the boat. These guys are probably freaking rowdy. And by rowdy, I mean just sloshed, hammered, drunk before they even step foot into the stadium. Um, But, yeah, I mean, just a really sick, unique setup from Baylor. So kudos, kudos to Baylor. I think they're doing it right. Um, We need more stadiums on the water. That is so unique. And like I said, it's something I had never really realized that we even had in college football. Definitely on the lookout now though. That's pretty, that's pretty cool stuff. Finally, USF is the team that is getting a new $340 million stadium. What? USF? But, you know, I will tell you. You take one look at this picture, and you're like, man, it looks worth it. There it is for you. I'll give you the full screen uh, view right here. Let's see if I can't uh, zoom in on this bad boy. Yeah, there it is. That is the proposed new stadium for the Bulls. The Board of Trustees has approved plans for the 340000000 million on-campus stadium, which seats 35,000 people. It's set to open by 2026. That is extremely impressive. Again, I do like, actually, the fact that it seats 35,000. You know, I actually thought it would be a little bit more because USF has a student body of, I believe, over 40,000. I think they almost rival Florida State in their student body. I got the... uh, The article pulled up here on Tuesday, they approved uh, the board of trustees approved $200 million in debt to fund construction of a 35,000 seat venue. That will total 340 million in costs. The additional 140 million is coming from donations, university's capital improvement, trust fund, and the sale of broadband equipment and licenses. So their old stadium, uh, Raymond Jane stadium that opened in 1998. So I guess you could say they are due for an upgrade potentially, but USF has played its home games at Tampa Bay Buccaneers home venue, which sits more than 10 miles away from the school's campus. So I think that was probably a big deal in all of these talks is to get something physical on campus. I'm sure it was a big point of discussion because a, it'd be annoying to, you know, just the logistics of playing at a pro venue for all your home games would be be tough, you know, to say the least also getting fans out there, right? It's not on campus. It's not immediately present for them. And, at some point, it's like, that's the Buck stadium. It's not really our own. So I'm sure they wanted to have that ownership of that. Now, USF has almost 50,000 students. I don't know if they're just not fans of football over there at USF, but I would assume if you got 50,000 students, filling up a 35,000-seat stadium should be, I don't think it'd be too difficult. I know not every kid that goes to school is a just a football fanatic, but you've got alumni, you've got parents, you've got random fans, local community members on top of all of that. Maybe they just want to have a loud environment. They want to keep that thing packed. It looks like if you look in the back end zones over there, I would assume there's probably some standing room on the lawn would be just my, my guess right off the bat. It looks like a big video board. Very similar setup to Baylor, actually, the stadium we were just looking at, but yeah, that's, that's actually a kind of a surprising number to me. They have nearly 50,000 students. That's more than Florida State, which in 2022 had around 45,000. Did not realize the school was that freaking big. That's pretty wild. This stadium, I believe, is also potentially it's being talked about maybe an attempt at them getting into a Power 5 conference like the Big 12, which is annexing uh, UCF, Central Florida, not to be confused with Southern Florida. So this stadium might also be a bid for them to try and join up and get into a larger conference. Only time will tell as uh, that conference and others continue to expand. But USF hasn't made a bowl game, I think, since 2018. So, you know. You can build all the stadiums you want if you're not going to compete at the level that warrants moving to a Power 5 conference. Sorry to say, pal, I don't, I don't think you're getting there. But very sweet move from the Bulls. They're certainly going to be spending a lot of money. Uh, the plan is that the on-campus stadium will be hosting football games by 2026. I don't believe I mentioned that earlier. But pretty sweet stadium. That's kind of it um as far as the podcast goes, i told you it'd be a pretty quick one outside of a nice long talk with uh, coach burton but if you've got anything that you'd like us to discuss in the podcast man shoot us a message instagram twitter are both great we have an email division one rejects at gmail.com that's the one is in the number one division one rejects um any tips leads, anything you want us to talk about cannot promise it will be talked about i might think it's stupid as hell but you may as well try what's the worst i can say no not gonna make fun of him i promise But thank you for listening. This has been uh, D1 Rejects, episode 103.